Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. I mean, I think that would that would reinforce that reading of this as new community and and the language because these, right. I mean these are the social commandments right. that we're dealing with. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh I don't know why Pooh even asked that question, but I'm sure there's yeah. <laughs> thematically it's the same. I should write a I think, uh, I should write a journal article about this. The Textus Receptus. I think yeah. you've got some extra verses Call in there or something. Pooh's favorite day, <laughs> or maybe just title a podcast that. That would be a lot easier. That'd be a lot. That might be easier. Le- you know what? Less exhausting. Um, Although, if you present at a regional meeting, let me know. Okay, I'll sit in the back just to watch the world burn. <laughs> Exactly. That's just my you way. You can lean over someone. What's he talking about? And then you say, some some men just want to watch the world burn. That's right. <laughs> some, some men just want to burn professional societies down to the ground. It's true. <laughs> Speaking of the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yeah. Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to Reading in Church and Other Distractions. I am Robert Wallace. And I am Michael McKeever. Yes, and these are the readings for October the 21st, 2018, which is the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost. So the year is coming to an end. The church year is coming to an it end. It is. And and we are fast approaching two complete years of this podcast. I know. This is our, is our 99th podcast. Is it really? Yeah. Our 99th podcast. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, for so, those who who bet the under, you lost. Yeah. Um, what would be I, I appropriate? Uh, I think the over under was three, and uh, we yeah. bet ninety nine. So yeah, so a lot of these might not qualify as you know podcasts. That's but, a fair point. That's yeah, a fair point. But uh, no doubt, people are wondering what to get us for our what is it our diamond jubilee. Uh, uh, that's second anniversary. I don't think that's diamond. No. Oh, okay. First anniversary's paper. Oh, I'm thinking one hundred one hundred episodes is next week. So oh oh, that's true. One hundred episodes. That would be. Is that Diamond? I thought Diamond's 75. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> I never know anyone to get there in a wedding, you know, so a, uh, a marriage. Uh, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know either. Well, maybe. Remember, no. I don't know if you remember at our school, we had two beginnings. We had a beginning 100 years right. ago. And, and they, so they decided to compromise and they called it their. Our, the uh, golden centennial. Our, yeah, the golden centennial. It was. Like, what it was is a that? Golden mean? centennial. So I guess I don't know what a centennial well, is. Well, sixty is diamond. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that right? You. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just looked this up. Fifty is gold. Fifty-five is emerald, and sixty is diamond. Okay. So I don't. I think they stopped. They you you they figure you're dead beyond that. I guess. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. So. Maybe um, when a married couple has been married a hundred years, it's uh, oxygen That's, or something that like is, that. <laughs> should, Mor- it should be morphine. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Morphine drip. <laughs> right. It should be. It should be. Uh, well, we've got four readings as usual. Uh, Job thirty-eight one to seven and thirty-four to forty-one. It's. Once you get to Job 38, you can just take any sample of that, and you'll get a pretty good message. Yeah. Um, yeah. Skipping a rock across Psalm 104. Uh, so selections from uh, the first nine verses, then verse 24, then 35. So uh, continue on in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. Indeed. And Mark 10, 35 to 45. Yeah, let's see if the uh, disciples are getting it at this point. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they they've really showed some growth lately. <laughs> Let's so. check in on the disciples. It's like, for example, they were they were smart enough to be embarrassed when they were stupid back in nine. So yeah. maybe maybe they're starting mm-hmm. to learn. Well, there's hope. 
Well, I hope that you will uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We've had some interactions this week. That's been good. And um, I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? Do we have some interactions? Oh, I, I, I should get up. A couple. Yeah, I'm the, <laughs> I, I post, I'm the Twitter guy. I post, so. okay, on Twitter? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then you've been posting I've the, been posting the a few to things. people understand. Yes, yeah. yes. okay. Winnie the Pooh and, and the uh, truck. The truck, yeah. That just popped yeah. up in my feed. So, all right. So. Well, let's uh, jump into Job. Here we are. Jump into Job. Job 38.1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. <laughs> Thank you. And we just said that. <laughs> Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you and you shall declare me. Declare to me. Yep. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched out the line upon it? Or what were its bases, on what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy. Can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightning so that they may go and say to you, here we are? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? Who has the wisdom to number the clouds or the time for that matter? <laughs> Who can tilt the water skins of the heavens when the dust runs into a mass and the clods can cling together? That's a tough one. Stand up, oh man, and answer me concerning the clods <laughs> on this day. Wow, I'm just thinking how to film this. Can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in their covert? Who provides for the raven its prey when its young ones cry to God and wander about for lack of food? Yeah, that's... Wow. I assume this will be everyone's sermon text. Is this multiple um. choice, or can I choose <laughs> answering one of these? Yeah, God finally answers. You you might recall when last we left our heroes, Job has been growing more and more frustrated, um, and in ver chapter 31, finally let go and yelled at God all the ways in which he was innocent. Mm -hmm. Um demanded that God appear and God give an accounting and uh, was inter well that that was interrupted by Elihu the mysterious fourth friend who shows up and just takes up oh, about yeah. six chapters of nothing um, <laughs> but uh, he's as I said the one nice thing that Elihu does is he, he keeps Job from being able to summon God oh, and so yeah. God well, does delay. appear and uh, answers uh, Job out of the whirlwind or out of the storm, um, the tornado. I guess hurricane would be appropriate, as I am once again yeah. in the cone of uncertainty of this coming hurricane. Yeah. Um, it's two now. I hadn't planned on that. Um, but God <laughs> in speaks. In, in Virginia. In Virginia, <laughs> in Washington, yeah. D.C. Um, and when God speaks, God starts asking questions. Um, and I actually went to a, a really good SBL series a few years ago on this. A guy was doing questions in Job, mm. and he was focusing on the friends. And he said, you know, today I won't be uh, dealing with God because obviously we're dealing. Mo it gives these sort of reasons like, you know, many people assume these are coming from a separate source and they deal with a completely different topic. And but the really the reality is God just asks too many questions. <laughs> and I just don't want to deal with that. <laughs> That's true. It's a lot of questions. <laughs> and, and it is. It's, it's three chapters, question after question after question. And mm -hmm. all of these questions are designed to, to emphasize that God is God and Job is not God. Ah, I mean, okay. he opens in verse two with where's the stupid person at? 
And then in verse three is put on your big boy pants because I've got some questions yeah, for you. Put on your adult um, diapers is more like it. It, it is <laughs> a right. It is a really. I mean, then he starts just hitting him with it. You know where where were you when I put the foundations together? Where's the rain come from? Where the snow is? Hey, can you make lightning? Yeah. Um, I mean, these are gets... also good if you're going to interview someone. I <laughs> right. He's worked these right. in. <laughs> sure. And verse verse twenty one, he actually gets snarky with him, and he says, um, "Surely you Surely know you the know. number of your days is great." Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. like wow, mm-hmm. really, God, we're gonna we're gonna go there. Interesting. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but all of it designed to emphasize the the power of God, the position of God in the cosmos. The um, there's there's an emphasis on God as Creator all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, that emphasis is carried through a little bit later. In fact, in chapter forty, uh, Job tries to ask a. Uh, oh, I should say God asks a rhetorical question. Job tries to answer it. Um, mm. It's usually better to let God go. Yeah. If God's rolling, you just let him go. Yeah. And and he continued on. God continued on for another two chapters uh, after that. Um, chapter 41 is actually basically an entire chapter in which God tells Job that Leviathan is not scary. Um, you remember, yeah. I guess it was two weeks ago in Job yeah. 3, we talked about Job wanting to rise Leviathan, mm-hmm. you know, and basically declare himself an enemy of, of uh, created order. Yeah. And God says, oh, really? You want to want to wake yeah. up Leviathan? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Doesn't scare me, yeah. uh, Leviathan. Right. It's a, uh, it's a, message says, don't bring that weak sauce into my kitchen. It pretty much is, yeah. yeah. John, D, John D. Levinson, who wrote his commentary on Job, said that uh, Leviathan is a rubber ducky for the divine mm-hmm. in Job. Yeah. That uh, God is, is, you know, he just keeps going on. You know, I can put a fish hook in his mouth. You couldn't even touch it. Um, could you make him play with your daughters? No. I mean, I know yeah. where he lives. I know. I mean, he just goes on and on about Leviathan. Right. And, and all of it to say, just as another reminder that, that you're not in my league, um, at all. I mean, chapter, in chapter 39, he says, um, deck yourself with glory and splendor, clothe yourself in majesty and glory. And then we can have this conversation, yeah. you know, swear yeah. by your own right hand. Mm-hmm. And then I will say, you can yeah. do this. That's fine. Yeah. You know, basically, God comes to Job and says, "You know what? When you're God, we can have this conversation. Mm-hmm. But right now, shut up." Yeah, um, and, and he does. He just... That's basically what Jesus said to the rich ruler last week. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit more concise. <laughs> he just beat him down um, all the way through. I mean, Job is the one who's been in despair, and really, God can come off here as as condescending and cruel, frankly. Mm. Um, and I think that this tone is what lets people, makes people feel like Job has done something wrong. Um, Mm. but I don't think so. I really don't. Um, because what, what we're going to, I I think what God is doing in these speeches, it's, it's not a theodicy. I guess that's, let me start there. I don't think that Job is a Jewish theodicy because I think if it is, it's a lousy theodicy. The theodicy would be. God, why do bad things happen? And the answer is, shut up, I'm God. Do you think this is easy? That's not <laughs> yeah. that's not a particularly yeah, your pie hole, you're gonna get a better family later. <laughs> I don't I really don't think that's a helpful theodicy. Okay. Ah. Um, but, <laughs> and it, I had that to cling to in my suffering. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But uh but I think what it is, I think if you remember where the story starts, I think if you remember in Job chapter one, verse nine, when Hasatan says to God, 
Does Job fear God for nothing? I think that is the question that shapes the interpretation of this book. Mm. I think that suffering is the field on which we're playing the game. Okay. But I think the game is is that question of, of is Job going to be faithful to God when there's nothing in it for him? Yeah, is he willing to obey when it costs helpful. him? That's helpful, yeah. And then when Job comes back with this, you know, God, get down here and answer me, God, I would argue, does not answer any of Job's questions, but I do think that this answers Job's need. I think Job needed reminding of exactly who it is that Job is being asked to put Job's faith in. Hmm. That, that, in other words, God is taking these chapters to remind Job that God is creator, that God is the one who's almighty, that he's not the one who hung the stars in heaven. God is the one who hung the stars in the heavens. And 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 yeah. when you get to the end of this, Job tries to interrupt him. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up next week with the final answer. But Job um, tries to interrupt him and say, you know, I know you can do all things, and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I I spoke what I didn't understand. Let me put my hand over my mouth. Um, hmm. At that at that moment, Hasatan is proven wrong. It's taken a while. Okay, but at that moment. It, Job has shown that even when God doesn't make sense, even when the formulas don't hold, even when there's no answer, Job is willing to put his hand over his mouth and be faithful. Yeah. And at that point, then the answer is yes, Job will fear God for nothing. Yeah. And, well, and, that's good. You know, I, yeah, people are too quick to assign a genre or a, like put a label on. This is a theodicy. It's like, no. it's not, well, have you read it? <laughs> where, yeah. where is yeah, that? Right. Where is that? You know? Right. Once you do that, right. it's really hard to see things for what they are. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, the question's always, well, and for those who don't know, the word theodicy is, um, is why do bad things happen to good people? It's trying to answer that question. Yeah. Um, why, why do bad things happen in this world at all, actually? If God is all good and God is all powerful, mm-hmm. surely God can do something about evil. And, and answering, holding all three of those is a theodicy somehow. And, mm-hmm. and people say, well, this is the Jewish one. Well, I don't think so. Um, I, I think that this is answering a different question yeah. than that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd love an answer to that question. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, That'd but that's good. not the question that yeah. this one answers. Right? Yeah. So, but it, it is now up to this point. That's been crazy enough. But next week, there are a couple things that come out in the last chapter that will absolutely blow your mind. Oh, and that's that's what we call a teaser in the business. Oh, but, yeah. uh, in in a, in accord with how your mind was blown recently on this, or like uh, you no, you kind of no, evolved no. recently, haven't you? I have, oh. I have, but I. I hadn't planned on sharing okay. that. Yeah, okay. But, no, uh, no. Our <laughs> listeners aren't ready for that. They have no well, idea. They have no idea how much we're holding back. Oh, well, or that we're holding well, back anything. I was going to say they would probably find it hard to believe you're holding back anything. <laughs> they would be amazed no. what I don't say. <laughs> yes, yes, they <laughs> would. They only knew. <laughs> That's the pre and the post show that we <laughs> don't have the mics running for. So. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, but uh you know I love I love Job and and God is is unquestioned sovereign of the universe in this in this three chapters. Um mm-hmm. Oh, I I should say something Leviathan. I mentioned Leviathan. Leviathan, the the evil watery chaos monster. Um in Oh, oh, okay. I have to share this today. I'm doing some reading and I'm reading a commentary that I know and actually like the person who wrote the commentary uh-huh. and i have found this commentary to be particularly useful over the years wow and I, yeah i know <laughs> no wait <laughs> it's true um and i read about the leviathan and it was coming up in in the reading and he said um and this person said i won't assign a gender uh this person said well 
Leviathan is the chaos monster in Ugar in Ugaritic literature, you know, akin to Tiamat in Babylonian uh, uh -huh. Babylonian literature. And then he said, but for Job, th commentators agree that in Job 38 and Psalm 104, the author is thinking of Leviathan as an actual sea creature, so it's probably a shark. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> just—that's called I, jumping the shark. <laughs> it's, that's bad. Oh my! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, really? I, I, I didn't even know how to proceed with this. I, I actually yelled at the book. I, I, Spit out coffee. Uh, and, oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah, yeah, I know that it's a sea creature, it's, but, but Jewish writers shark, thought it was an actual sea creature. So on Job. Uh, let's just make a... I'd like to take a moment to make perfectly clear that, yes, Leviathan was primordial chaos, and yes... That the authors of Psalm 104 and Job 38 thought it was an actual sea creature, and therefore we can they actually believe Leviathan was in fact an actual sea creature. That's my point. Uh, that's that's how oh. you know that's how uh, commentaries work. They stack up the other opinions and then you put yours in with little to any reasoning. But it's probably best to think about it this way. It's like oh. with no transition. It was. I just thought. Well, talk about losing your audience wow. and just completely undermining the point. Wow. There. And, and I mean, the point of Leviathan is primordial chaos. This is not a powerful text unless you're thinking about God saying. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead and rouse up primordial chaos. It's a pet for me. I can pat it on the head and put it on a leash and send it on its way. Right. Not a shark. A shark. <laughs> I just don't even. Oh, so yeah. that one. I, I don't think I don't know that I've been <laughs> caused physical pain by a book before, but that really hurts yeah. to read. I, it's no, just... it's not a shark. It's a mega shark. If anything, it's a, it's a mega shark. It's, it's clear. It's a megadon. Clearly <laughs> the meg. That's the point here. <laughs> But what I was going to say was in Job uh, 40, before you get to the Leviathan chapter, you have Leviathan's corresponding land uh, creature, which is the behemoth, uh, the behemoth or the behemoth. Mm -hmm. um, that is the personification of chaos for the desert, the wilderness. That's a wilderness <laughs> personified. And um, okay. that's all I I don't think there I don't think that. there are hippos in the desert, but okay, no. I'm gonna go with that. Or crocodiles. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, the uh, Septuagint translates both Bahimot and Leviathan as dragon. Oh, uh, so okay. it uses dragon for both. Yeah, of them. that's yeah. fine. It's just that's, as that, just as good. It's better than shark. <laughs> shark. It's just. <laughs> Oh, oh, talk about getting wound up. Hope, it, hope they're not listening to this, your your friend. Uh, I hope not too. I find it hard to believe they would, but well, sometimes we're surprised. You had a little, that's true. A little oh, story. That's true. You should share that story. I should. Well, can do this, it quickly. This, I can do it quickly. This week, I went to a uh, a retreat this weekend, a writing retreat, and with one of my favorite uh, song uh, artists and. Uh, while I'm sitting there, we had to uh, share with the person next to us, which I was mortified, but I was a good soldier and I mm -hmm. actually did it. And while I'm talking to her, uh, it comes out that, you know, while well, I was formerly a professor and um, I and I came from Elgin, she said, really, Elgin, there's a pastor of a brethren church and I'm brethren, she said, and there's a pastor of a brethren church in Elgin that actually performed her, 
her first funeral was my husband who oh. passed away. Mm-hmm. And I said, really, who was it? And she shared the name and it was your it's pastor, my pastor. That, <laughs> who did this. And I said, oh my gosh, my colleague goes to that church. He and I do a podcast together and she invites her friend over who's a brethren pastor. And she says, yeah, he, he does a podcast with a, a brethren uh, and Mike McKeever. And, and uh, she said, wait a minute, what's the name of your podcast? And, and I, <laughs> Held up my phone case, you know. Which, oh, your you phone know, case. I proudly That's have. That's right. Have yeah, I forgot on. about that. And uh, she said, oh, my gosh, I listened to that podcast. She said, I'm a big fan. It's an honor to meet you. Amazing. It's so, <laughs> so, so shocking when we run in into the, someone who listens to it. In the middle of a, 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 a retreat center, the Bon Secours Retreat Center in Maryland, wow. uh, we ran into listeners of the podcast. So if you're listening out there, Jody, glad to, <laughs> glad to have you. That was, um, yeah. A little shout out there. I, I so didn't, anyway, that's cool. All right. So obviously, I can say a lot about Job. So <laughs> yeah, we can okay. move on. <laughs> okay. Because I can wrap it up next week. Anything I didn't say, I'll just do. It I'm going to picture a shark from now on. I'm just going to test that out. Test those waters. Great. <laughs> All right. Irritate. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Psalm 104. Yes, selections uh, from. Selections, yeah, sampler. Okay. <laughs> Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, wrapped in light as with a garment. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chambers on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot, and you ride on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers, fire and flame your ministers. You set the earth on its foundation so that it, will, it shall never sh- be shaken. You cover it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they flee. At the sound of your thunder, they take flight. They rose up to the mount. They rose up to the mountains, ran down to the valleys, to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they may not again cover the earth. O oh, oh Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom, you have made all of them. The earth is full of your creatures, sharks and dragons, etc. Skip. <laughs> Skip that part. Oh, that's not in the lectionary. Uh, let, sin- let sinners be consumed from the earth. No, no, no. Just for this, the praise the Lord part is the only part that they're reading in the lectionary. Oh, really? 35C, yes. My, my lectionary has that. My, oh, really? It's the, uh, huh, to, that's funny. Ours ours jumps along there. Okay, so. okay. Bless the Lord, yeah. oh my soul. Praise the Lord. Yes. All right. Uh, many people wonder if that praise the Lord actually belongs in Psalm 105 to act as an inclusio there because mm. um, yeah. bless the Lord, oh my soul is the closing here and the opening here. And it makes a nice inclusio if you don't have the hallelujah. Okay. Um, and so people just move the hallelujah to the next Psalm. The Septuagint hmm. does that, by the way, the Septuagint yeah. puts that hallelujah in 105, hmm. um, which is possible. But this is our first hallelujah in the entire Psalter is here at the end of Psalm 104. It's taken, it's been a hard road through the Psalms. Yeah. Um, wow. And finally in Psalm 104, you can finally say hallelujah, mm-hmm. praise the Lord. Um, wow. This is everything that, um, that you want in celebration of who God is as creator. The, the emphasis here of God's creation over and over again, you were reading the portion at the beginning, which mm-hmm. is uh, very much the, the creation narrative of the waters fleeing back. Um, yeah, right. It's, you don't quite get the, the violence in creation that you get in Psalm 74, and you certainly don't get another God 
uh, like you do in the ancient Near Eastern narratives. Um, you do get Leviathan uh, in this in this psalm down in verse uh, 26 um, that God created to play in the ocean, uh, he says. Hmm. Uh, and so, which is clearly a shark, I think, yes, obviously. Yes, clearly. Um, but uh, it is, this is simply a, a, a celebrate. This is a God who is apart from creation, but not separated from creation. I mean, it's, in other words, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's different from, but also involved in. God okay. is still hmm. uh, creating and moving and shaping and interacting with the world that he has, but okay. he's not, it's not panentheist in any way. Yeah. Um, things work where they're created to be mountains for wild goats and rocks for rabbits and, and the moon marks the seasons, and young lions mm-hmm. go after their prey, and God gives them their food. And this, so, I mean, it's all this, it's very much a celebration. And one of the things I love about this psalm is how it's not in any way anthropocentric at all. Yeah. Um, it, it takes a while to find any mention of human beings mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. And when it does, we're just in the list yeah. of, you know. Yeah. And it, actually, I'm having a hard time. There we go, verse 23. Uh, after you get all the the you know the fir trees and the birds and the young lions and the sun and the moon, people go to work and labor till the evening, and then you move on, and that's it. Oh, I mean, it's just okay. like you know, and people, and yeah, yeah. that's that <laughs> that is the uh, that's what I you find in uh, Revelation four also the visions like here's all creation and uh, also humans are in the mix, you know. Yeah. And which is very careful to be not anthropomorphic. And uh, it's basically a reassertion of uh, the Hebrew Bible's understanding of God as creator. Yeah, it, it's and probably closer to Psalm 104 than, say, Psalm 8, right? Because in Psalm 8, yeah. humans are created yeah. just a little lower than the angels. Yeah, right. and we're sitting on top and everything's great. By 104, that's shifted now. We're not mm-hmm. on top as much as we are, you know, part of the created order and part of the world. And Yeah. Um, Really, a, a I one of my favorite. I mean, if it's it's just a really good, happy psalm, but it does end weird, and you picked up on that because after all of the celebration of God and the, the you know the have the great seas and and the Leviathan and yeah. you send forth your spirit and renew the ground, then you get let sinners be consumed. It's like, <laughs> I know. It's it's like, like wow, hallelujah. <laughs> yes, spend some time. I was they've been okay. flattering God oh. for thirty four verses uh-huh. to say, and by the way, if you could get these folks off my back, it would really be good. <laughs> Thanks. So. Easing into the to- the topic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Burying the lead. But but long story short. Yeah. Get yeah. rid of the sinners, yeah. please. Yeah. You can kind of see where I'm going. Too I think, late. God, too but, late for that. But, but if you could. Wow. Hmm. So. <laughs> well, what do people say about that? Do, what do people about say? the sinners? About 35. How is it? Does there, I, is there something that makes sense? Just. Well, I, for me, it's, it's post-exilic psalm. I mean, 104, 105, and 106 are, are sort of, for me, that's a, that's a bunch that you'll interpret together. I mean, 103 and 104 go well together, but that uh-huh. last three yeah. in particular go yeah. together really well. It's like, and you know, 34, 34 verses of praise, but but you know what would really make it perfect? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <You laughs> she know, consumed these sinners. Since I'm talking so, about it, you know, um, I think about it. <laughs> well, I, you know, for me, I'm always thinking narratively about the Psalms. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. I'm thinking about how they they form that 
that sort of narrative impulse between these poems mm-hmm. and and that as as you get to the end of that song you know I wrote a dissertation on this section so you know you ask me what I think about it I can tell you oh, okay. um, I, I really do think we're setting but you don't want me to because you need me to go fast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just say if people strip put on their seatbelt when we get to year year C we're going through loop <laughs> like, that's true well, we're over time again uh, but the I think you're 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 marching toward the end of book four. You're sitting in the middle of the post-exile, and and you, you're you're walking into the nature of who God is. And and so in 104 we have God as Creator, and we need the sinners consumed from all the earth. Well, then 105 moves you through uh, the ancestor stories and all the and the and the Exodus in the ways in which God has been faithful, and the way in which God has answered, and the way in which God has dealt with this issue of. Mm-hmm. human separation and then in 106 you get but people just suck don't they just completely just yeah. totally i mean that's yeah. so i mean i really do sort of see hmm. that kind of as a story of god and god's relationship to creation and 105 emphasizing the good ways in which god has tried to do this mm-hmm. to deal with this issue of human human failing and 106 the way in which humanity just simply will not cooperate on that issue yeah um yeah so that's the probably the briefest. That's I could interesting that, that you that you read it that way. As you're as you oh, were yeah. talking about that, I, I don't have a long commute, but I, it is nice when I drive to to have the radio on and, and listening to song after song, and then I'm and then you realize someone programmed this with a theme. There are there are themes and hooks in here, yeah. And no one's there, even the announcer's not maybe even mentioning it. But mm-hmm. but I'm sure that someone is like they're so saturated in this stuff and they're bored with just, you know, some some random aggregate. They really are putting some intentionality into that. But yeah. I I, I think of the Psalms as intentionally arranged. Yeah. Um and, Me- meaningful and, arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. That there is there is a purpose in the way in which they're put together and that they do tell a story as you go. So for me, book four, which is ninety to one oh six, is the turning point of that story for me. Um, okay. for the return to God as King and Moses and Sinaitic covenant instead of Davidic covenant, hmm. um, which is why you get more David Psalms at the beginning versus much fewer at the end. Okay, anyway, there's a lot of I could make my point, but yes, yes, that's okay. that's my point. Yep, it's all in the book. It's, a, it's right, that's right. It is. Dozens of copies have been sold to <laughs> German libraries everywhere. Yeah, yes. you've probably seen people on the beach this summer reading. <laughs> It's an old book now. Yeah. It's what twelve years, I guess. Wow. So as Bellinger likes to say, it's dated now, but still <laughs> worth consulting. Okay. That's what he says about every book. The minute he publishes it, it's dated. Uh, wow. Well, okay. it's, it's worth looking at. Okay. <laughs> wow. Strong praise. <laughs> Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today all right well you ready uh yeah let me, Hebrews let me five? scroll up oh i scrolled too far yes Hebrews <laughs> chapter five, okay. verse one through ten 
every high priest chosen from among mortals is put in charge of things pertaining to God on their behalf to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. In case you've forgotten how sac- you know, these, these things work. Yeah, the verse just before this, it says, it probably goes without saying. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me just jump right. in, but I'll say it anyhow. <laughs> I'll say it anyway. Uh, he is able to deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward. I've always struggled with that. Since he himself is subject to weakness, and because of this, he must offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as those for those of the people. And one does not presume to take this honor, but takes it only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he said also in another place, you are a priest forever, (laughs) according to the order of Melchizedek. Uh, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission, although he was a son he learned through obedience, through what he suffered, and having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. All right. Well, you read that faster than I thought. I was actually scrolling <laughs> through some other sources. Do, you do know, your research now? Well, actually, as, <laughs> as you were reading that, you know, he goes, as is written someplace, and as someone said somewhere, yeah. it, it's sometimes like, it reminded me, uh, when you're reading a, uh, research, a re- quote, air, quote, research paper, close quote, air quote, yeah. uh, and you get to the end and realize that person's only cited two sources. <laughs> right. like, it might be, well, he's only quoting Psalm 2 and Psalm 110 all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, you know, you really should look at more Psalms, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's more, uh, more of them, more of them Psalms. Yeah. So let's see. I didn't look at where we, how this connects other than this goes without saying, and we know this about high priests, right? Um, Yeah. So this is a getting, well, getting into uh, closer to the, the more um, thoroughgoing exposition of the new uh, superiority of Jesus high priesthood and a bit more of Melchizedek here. Um, some things that we all know about high priests, right? In one through four, um, they're people, they're people, they're appointed. You don't just choose yourself to be high priest. You got to be appointed by God. Uh, or win the eBay lottery that Antiochus, the fourth epiphany started, but oh, that's another way to be a high priest. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, uh, now let's see. It's, uh, although, although let's see, I'm trying to think in the, uh, in the Jewish priesthood, how do they choose the high priest? Oh gosh, I can't remember. Okay, I'm thinking I'm, it's probably the Uman and the Thuman at some point. Okay, I'm trying to think. A few years ago, when I was in, I was in, uh, in the West Bank and in, in, in um, Samaria, you know, and I, and I talked yeah. to the brother of the high priest because they still yeah. have a high priest, right? But, but he's the one who gives the tours. Okay, right. well. <laughs> and he'll talk about you know three you know three thousand years of tradition, and it's like missed it by one. You know, <laughs> I'm, I have an older brother, and I don't get to be the high priest. But you could tell he'd be into it if you if he were the high priest. Yeah. Anyhow, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this is talking about uh, some things about the the typical Jewish high priest, but he's going to uh, he's going to outflank him by tapping into this Melchizedek tradition um, and get into you know ultimately um, the fact that uh, this priest is uh, also a king, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What does what does Melchizedek mean? It means a uh, uh, king of righteousness, king of righteousness, yeah. or righteous king, yeah, yeah. He's getting getting toward that sort of the the, the superiority. Um, 
you are my son, today I've begotten you. That is uh, Psalm 2, and then uh, <laughs> another portion from Psalm 10. He's usually circling never far from Psalm 10, and that's is where you get this kind of u- unique priesthood. Uh, I just checked real quick. Uh, high priest is uh, succession. It's a primogenitor kind of succession. Okay. Um, yeah. So Until- if... If Aaron died, would it be... Uh... It would pass on to his son. If he okay. has no son, it would go to the brother okay. and then right. that kind of thing. Okay, that's how um, it works. Okay. Up until uh, things were deposed and you get appointed Zadok and Eleazar, that's where that came from in the first Kings passage. Uh, and then, as I referenced, Antiochus the fourth, fourth Epiphanes auctioned off the position to and, and, and actually a guy named Jason won, which I still wonder right. just... How Greek, how, how Jewish the guy named Jason was Jason. that was high priest. I mean, I can't imagine being more Greek than Ted, Jason. Ted, <laughs> Ted won the <Yeah>. Theo. <laughs> it was Nike couldn't do it, yeah. so Jason yeah. took over. And Apollo I mean, wasn't here. Apollo exactly. was absent like that as day. Greek as you get. But uh, that's why you, neither of us knew it was just a simple succession, <laughs> unless it ended up being appointed. So. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going toward the. Uh, well, I, I might be getting ahead, but I forget which scriptures we read after this about the fact that they were separate. You know, pr- king, yeah. king, and and priest were separate, except for that period. Except for that, that period, we're, we're yes. talking about, and the, and no one thought too highly of that period. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's interesting the way they talk about it in the in later writings. But uh, but that is where um, that's where the writer of Hebrews is going to go. That this is a this is a priest who's also a king. And uh, it begins with talking about how they can be uh, deal gently and you know be a, a mediator who understands, and then returns to that in um, in seven through ten. Really, that's talking about um, his humanity here. So it, he's he seems to always be having those two poles in tension with each other. And it could be, as we mentioned, as we we're getting into Hebrews, that he is skipping over any sort of uh, intermediary that would um, somewhere be in between those, like an angel. Uh, there are right. some angel traditions associated with Melchizedek because uh, he's so mysterious. That's one of the things mm-hmm. they they come up with, but he is avoiding that. I think Michael is even um, uh, nominated for, for being uh, Melchizedek in some, some Jewish traditions. But oh, that, wow. is, that is not where... Uh, that is not where uh, contemporary writings of the Dead Sea Scrolls went. They they were pretty careful mm-hmm. about keeping those separate uh, coming out. They were of, very careful, so much yeah. so that they even had two messiahs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they had a, a a priestly messiah from the line of Aaron and a mm-hmm. a kingly messiah from the line of David. Right. So. And coming on the heels of that other that other period that uh, that coalesced right. those two. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So here we get into the the uh, how Jesus is in fact. Um, perfect mediator having participated in both those realities, um, his thoroughgoing uh, incarnation and experience at everything, offering up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to the one who's able to save him from death and was heard because of his reverent submission. Now that sounds like Gethsemane. Yeah. Uh, although a Gethsemane, he wasn't, he wasn't delivered from death, but I- unless you're thinking about resurrection and usually um, the commentaries break down along those lines. Either he's talking generally about Christ's experience, uh, as we read about in the Gospels, or, and those would be those who say, is uh, not clearly not talking about Gethsemane because he wasn't delivered from death. And the other would say, this is clearly talking about Gethsemane because the deliverance from death is resurrection. So, I don't know. They go- <laughs> That's the side I would fall on, I think, where they're 
thinking of that event holistically. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, That's where I've always gone. And, and I don't know how thinking about. We're thinking of the whole weekend, the, not just the Friday, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I don't know how thinking about the Gospels generally helps you too much when, when it talks about being delivered from death and lets it, it's that very distinctive way that uh, right, right. him as a forerunner in resurrection. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. That is such a um, that is such a proverbial saying in Greek culture. Um, oh, because it rhymes. Learning, uh, learning through suffering. Uh, uh, what is it? Amantheos and uh, apantheos. Something like that. something like uh, what would it be? Like uh, no pain, no gain. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no pain. Actually, a, that'd probably be a really good translation that, of that. That, I think. that could be. <laughs> Or it could completely ruin it, but it is. Uh, it is. It, it makes you every now and then. You are kind of. Um, I'm taken up short with how how cruel they were in education. How be- yeah. they don't hesitate to talk about beatings. You know, as we know, <laughs> beatings right. were a big part of education back then. It's like, wow. Even though he's a son, you know, he's going to have to suffer all this. But uh, he certainly entered into our experience, um, and uh, fortunately, education back then was a lot like <laughs> a lot of Jesus' yeah. suffering, but made complete or made perfect, not because he needed to, uh, you know, learn how to obey, but he's uh, entering into this perfect role of of participating in all that he, he's going to be uh, mediating between the humans and God. It's a Mathan and a Hepathan. Yeah. 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 And Mathan, a Pathan. Mathan, a Pathan. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Just rolls off the tongue. It does. <laughs> yep. If you speak Greek. Uh huh. And became source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. So, little, there's some, there, you can see that there's some wordplay going on there, but even more yeah. so in the, in the original. Uh, and then again, setting us up with this uh, this teaser, having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, which is just a big opening for wherever he wants to go with that. Yeah, since there's no heritage and there's no mm-hmm. history, and yeah, yeah. So, but he needs it to be. He needs it to be a separate priestly line. Yeah, I mean, it needs to be independent. Right. It needs to be be different than the tradition right. they perhaps this audience has left off and are are uh, suffering, and so are leaning toward returning to or pining about, um, separate and superior. And, uh, and that's where he's headed with this for sure. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Mel. More on Mel Mel later. (laughs) Yeah. You know, as Mel says, no pain, no gain. Yeah, that's right. Mel always says. Mel's gym. No pain, no gain. (laughs) Oh, Wow. Yeah. yeah, King of Righteousness from the city of Salem is just a wide open door to drive uh-huh. through yeah. from the city of peace. Uh-huh. Yeah. And do people in in uh in Hebrew scripture uh, connect that to Jerusalem or do they just say that's uh, uh, they maybe? have, yeah. yeah. They assume yeah. that that's a later reading back to Jerusalem. Okay. And if there's any consensus there or, if, or even though well, I mean it's hard to know because at the time it would have been a Canaanite city, and it was named Jebus. It wasn't named Salem. And so the assumption is that people are reading that oh, back okay. into that period. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And adding yeah. that, which is possible, of course. Yeah. yeah. Right. So 
Suffering and education are, are natural, uh, <laughs> naturally connected back then, and we have it's to. Been my experience. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But even I've gone more so. A PhD program. I mean, so physically, I like being be- oh, beaten. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> beaten I know. by your tutors, not just. Oh with, well, no, not like that. Not no. just with assignments. Yeah. Not just not just crippling depression and no and anxiety. No, oh, physically okay. bruises okay. and stuff. Yeah. Oh wow! Just done up, just not emotional ones, but actual yeah. physical bruises. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I had to send an email today that felt like felt, felt like I was hitting someone upside the head because they just weren't <laughs> getting it. Yeah, it's, for, oh. it's hard to write those. Yes, it is. <laughs> Pull out the big tim- the big timber. How about Mark chapter ten? Yeah, this should go well. Mark ten thirty five to forty five. I'm really hoping so the these disciples are up too. To get getting close I to Jerusalem. Think- They're probably getting it. I'm sure. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Well, yeah, who doesn't? Anyway. (laughs) Promise. (laughs) Promise before we ask. (laughs) And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, we are able. Then Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, <laughs> Confident you will drink. and ambitious. <laughs> the drink that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. Mm-hmm. So Jesus called them and said to them, you know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lorded over them and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to serve, excuse me, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Okay. Yeah, as I was reading through through Hebrews, I'm going, where's that ransom? Where's that part about ransom? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Yeah, yeah. Here it is. Yeah. So... Uh, Jesus has been hitting this patriarchy theme pretty heavy. These guys don't seem to be getting it. So, they're getting close to Jerusalem. These guys are jockeying for position to be on the right and the left. They're going to outsmart Jesus by making him promise to do it right. before they tell him. I'm thinking right. Jesus answered this with his uh, you know, face in his palm. Right. <laughs> what, what is it you want me to do? Can you say that again without your... I couldn't hear you there, Jesus. Yeah. Your face in your hand. I can imagine. What a, what a bold thing to do. Gold, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one on your left in glory. This is uh, obviously, uh, they're asking for the number one and two spots uh, in his kingdom. As uh, any kingly court, you would find the number one on the right and perhaps yeah. number two on the left. Um, Jesus is heading toward a different kind of kingdom and coronation, as we'll see. Uh, when he gets to Jerusalem, there's going to be different people on his right and his left as he's crucified. And uh, that's right. clearly within vision here as they're talking about um, baptism and drinking the cup. Um, mm-hmm. We weren't sure if he was, uh, there were allusions to Gethsemane in Hebrews, but they're clearly, this is foreshadowing uh, his time in the, in the garden where he is pleading that uh, he'd be delivered from the heinous kind of suffering he was going to experience on the cross and mm-hmm. and uh, that uh, that was not in the cards in that sense uh uh and uh, baptism may be alluding that too so drinking the cup and uh and baptism there's that those are the two big um well 
Christian Christian rituals that that, sure. that a community reading this can reflect upon. But baptism is one of the bookends for Mark for the uh, the revelation of Jesus, but the death of Jesus also. That's where God yes. speaks. Yeah. And declares him to be the son of uh, his, uh, God's son, and that's the only place. Um, spoiler alert: that's the only place people can have any recognition. It's going to be folks like this who just simply don't understand Jesus. Well, and then also you point out the young man at the end of the story is wearing a robe that would be akin to baptism as yeah. well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that, and that is not. That's probably connected, probably. Not that many people read this literarily, but they, there's a, I think there's a connection between the, the young man who the young man that's running away. departs naked and leaves his linen cloth at the, uh, in the Gethsemane scene. This is a big punctuation mark on what we find in all of the Gospels, yeah. that everyone, everyone utterly you know, disappointed Jesus and deserted him in his time of need. Well, and also if you, if you have the, you know, you're not able to be baptized— and when he's talking about the cup and the suffering in the garden, uh, and the man runs away, mm-hmm. literally putting off his baptismal gown yeah, yeah. that they would see there as his clearly not ready for that baptism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is interesting to think about because the, the young man in the tomb is saying there he's embodying uh, the yeah. image of a restored disciple and a new beginning for those who mm-hmm. may have deserted, deserted and uh, des- uh, what is the word? <laughs> Uh, failed Jesus utterly, which may yeah. be the, an issue for this this community, this Roman Church. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's such. It's the structure of the gospel dramatically is so heavy that they would uh, be building up toward only one person recognizing who Jesus is, and he's been mm-hmm. abandoned by all those who've claimed to be his disciples. Um, and and Peter will would embody that. Peter between those two scenes will mm-hmm. deny Jesus three times, and and the young man in the tomb says, uh, "Go tell my disciples." And Peter, you know, and Peter, yeah. So that's interesting to think about. That I, I thought about the traditions that they would. You could read, you could hear. We've been baptized, and we weekly celebrate the cup, the cup of mm-hmm. his suffering. But to think about that in the context of this community that perhaps has failed, how would they reflect on those traditions? Yeah. Uh, another opportunity weekly to think, a, think about the cup of suffering. And, and, and he says, you will. You will drink it. You don't know what you're asking, but yeah. you will. James was the first martyr. Uh, at, well, mm-hmm. among the 12, uh, you know, after Stephen, he, James is uh, martyred. Uh, church tradition is that John is martyred much later. He, the church tradition is that he lived into his 90s, but also martyred. So... Yes, they uh, indeed did partake of the uh, the cup and the baptism. So fascinating. When uh, I was uh, preaching the uh, the first little child passage, the when Jesus placed a child among them and then said mm-hmm. welcome and talk uh-huh. about hospitality. When I was preaching it, one of the when I was preparing it for some reason, and it, I see it here now as well. One of the passages that immediately became associated in my mind was the Philippians 2 passage, yeah. particularly the way in which you've talked about it mm-hmm. in that sense of, you know, being God, yeah. he didn't he didn't consider the trappings of Godness a big deal, yeah. so he made himself nothing. Right. I see that same thing right here, that, you know, that, that the, whoever wishes to be great among yeah. you must be your servant. That's the kind of thing. If you want to be godly, mm-hmm. let me tell you how to be godly. Yeah. Put aside your greatness and help the people who are in need of grace. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a God move right there. Yeah. And and I think it's still here as well that you know being God. Yeah. That's what he does. This this journey to Jerusalem which comprises a lot of 9 to 10 
it's been surprising to me how thoroughgoing you are deconstructing different facets of what, if we put it under one, you know, rubric, it would be the, the patriarchy, which is the yeah. model from the, the ruler, the Gentile ruler on down. And that yeah. how those with power in that society would model that. And, uh, and by then Jesus is in so many ways saying that is nothing like this kingdom. That's not me. And if you want to be great or a ruler, uh, here's what you do. You, uh, you don't, you, the, 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 the name for servant, and I don't have this, but it's really it's talking about someone serving at a table, a menial, okay. a menial table servant, not not the king's cupbearer who might be, you know, yeah. on the right hand of the of the king. But this is someone more like a the busboy, you know, is not not even yeah. get maybe maybe they'll share the tips with you. This is a menial server, and so contrast to that that meal sort of uh, imagery of cup here you have uh you're one who uh is serving at the meal rather than reigning and and toasting mm-hmm. okay you know that among the gentiles those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them and their great ones are tyrants right we've been talking about that word tyrant and how it's diffused down through this whole this mm-hmm. whole idea of uh greatness and and power and authority, but it's not so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's something, it's something. And they don't get it. And the scene after this is the, the blind man, the second blind man. There is a healing mm-hmm. of a blind man, partial healing, progressive healing of a blind man at the beginning of the journey. And at the end of the journey we, that we're going to read this next week, I think, uh, the healing of the, the blind man who, uh, who has, is more perceptive than these folks, unfortunately. This journey has not been educative. Jesus no. has suffered <laughs> in their company, but they have not been educated. Yeah, wow. yeah. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And that would be a term um, most, in terms of usage, probably used most frequently in the literature for um, buying the freedom of a slave. So uh, uh, he's uh, it's it's not he hasn't left off slave imagery there. Um, I I purposely avoided certain traditions because I knew they would see that word and just dig down deep. And right, like, let's right. drill down at this point. It's like no, let's read in context. You know, mm-hmm. uh, ransom. Yeah, is ransom every? Is that used in the suffering servant uh, some? Because that's being alluded to here. Also, uh, that's a good question. Probably. I don't believe so. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a this is a lack of progress here. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have time to get into it. I, I wanted to avoid it in terms of uh, later yeah. church traditions re, re, reading back their own tradition of uh, right. salvation into that. But um, I didn't get it's not into in the, the not in the suffering servant. God does promise Egypt as the holy one's ransom. Okay, but as an inheritance. In yeah. Way. Yeah. And uh, often the phrase is used as a from the power of Sheol, but it's not. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this isn't a king's ra- this isn't a king's ransom. This is a slave's ransom. Slave's ransom. Wow, hmm. that's he's saving slaves. He's freeing slaves. That's really, really something. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I've really been enjoying this portion of Mark, uh, even though I teach, you know. Mark mm-hmm. at a, a more rapid pace when I have to do it. This has been, this has been uh, an education for me. Just, well, just I, was, I was saying, yeah, thematically, it's been interesting to me to see how it's been so connected mm-hmm. that this, the, the, the journey itself has a, a thematic, has a unity in it as you sort yeah. of deconstruct power structures yeah. all the way through it. 
um, that's been interesting. It's something about it's something about reading it again. It's something about talking to someone about it. And then there's all there's also contemporary events that it's like people are talking yeah. about this. It's not as though we've made yeah. a, a tremendous amount of progress in this area. So yeah, well, that's probably true. Uh, this is uh, yeah, yeah. Boo and Piglet were even talking about it. It's like everyone is talking about it. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week. We hope that you have gleaned something. Um, hope that you've had a good time. Uh, we've been, I've had a good time. Um, and uh, there's a chance that next week we're going to do this in person. Yeah, uh, that's right. For the right. first time in a while. Mm-hmm. So yeah. sh- I shall see you face to face. We're going to um, meet in West Virginia or something? Where are we going to meet? I Philadelphia, think that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> Pennsylvania? In, oh, somewhere in between. Ohio. Ohio. Okay. Yeah, someplace in Ohio. Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you've enjoyed this journey. Uh, if you haven't been educated, know that suffering is also educational. So uh, Su- Suffering is educational. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, have a great week. Have a great week. No pain, no Blessings. gain. Blessings. <laughs>